Amen. Well, it's good to have everybody. We're going to jump right on in here. And this morning, I just want to share a powerful story uh, that Jesus tells out of Matthew chapter 20. So if you got your Bibles, you might want to open that up to chapter 20. We're going to be primarily through verses 1 through 16. If not, we usually try to keep it on the... Uh, Keep it on the slide up here as well, okay? So I really want us to kind of grab hold of this message today because it's going to hit us right where we are, right where we live, what we deal with. And I believe there's something in this message for each and every one. And that's what I love about God's Word. It is so powerful and it's so alive that it will speak to each of our situations no matter where we are. Because God loves us that much to reach out right where you are and love you, right? And so as we go through this, I want us to try to kind of insert ourselves in the story a little bit, all right? Kind of, kind of where would you be in this? And be honest with yourself because there's probably something in there that God wants to teach us, amen? We got to be teachable, right? I'm talking to me. I'm, as I say every week, I'm preaching to me first, and God really showed me some, some things in here. There's always time for course correction, and we want to make sure that we're on course with God. We don't drift on course. We drift off course, so we need to be diligently studying the Word of God and, and seeking Him, right? So I want you to keep two things in mind on the backdrop of the story. Is really think about salvation and other people coming to Christ, all right? And also the kingdom of heaven, the way God does business. His, his way of doing business is a little bit different than the world, amen? Have you ever noticed that? He could take something and make something out of it. Take nothing what we think and make so much more out of it. I always say it this way. Little is much when Jesus is in it, amen? Amen, look right here. Got a lot of smiling faces in here. God's growing things, isn't he? I, I tell you, I can't say enough about how God is so faithful. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the Word, and we're going to read a little bit, and then we'll kind of unpack it. Sound good? Everybody's got their hand out. If God's speaking to them, just write it on in there and save that and uh, review it this week. So today's message is called Grace, Grumbling, and Generosity. I think sometime or uh, another, all of us could fit one of those, those places, right? We don't like to say the, think we're in the grumbling business, but you know what? Listen to the story, and let's see how that applies to us, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and read through this, and Tim's going to keep me straight on that, and uh, if you got your Bible, follow along, all right? Now, this is the parable of the vineyard workers, right? And it was right when Jesus telling the story. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is, is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal day, day, daily wage and sent them out to work. At 9 o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard. At noon again and at 3 o'clock, he did the same thing. At 5 o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw some more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working? They replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. Right? That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. Then those hired at 5 o'clock were paid each receiving a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more. But they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Those people worked only one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. I'm going to let that sink in just a minute. All right? And he said, then the landowner answers, he answers one of them, friend, have I, haven't, haven't I been, haven't I been fair? Excuse me. Friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual ways? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay them. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it, is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should I be jealous because I kind, 
Should you be jealous because I'm kind to others? So those who are last now will be then first, and those who are first will be last. It gets a little tongue-tied on the end. But what I want to show you on our paper here, we got grace, grumbling, and generosity. And God really shows us in this story, really pulls out those three points of the grace, grumbling, and generosity. So often we assume things are going to be just a certain way, don't we? Surely it must be my way, right? Surely it's going to be just like this. You ever done that? I mean, y'all quiet now. I thought everybody would go, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we think it's going to be A, B, and C. And then all of a sudden you get F and G and Q. And we go, wow. But see, God's still in control. Amen. And so as we look at that, we, we usually really see how it's going to be. We think it's going to be the best when we see it from our perspective. Well, I want us to get the, the, the God goggles on today through the lens of the Lord and take a look at this. And Jesus really gives us the blueprint of how the kingdom of heaven works. So let's start with grace. You got your paperwork. Let's look at that. We're going to kind of unpack a few things on grace. Amen. Here we go. First thing it says, for the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. I'm going to ask you a question. Who's the landowner? God. God's the landowner, right? He's telling us. He loves to tell us these stories to pull it all in, right? And, and let me ask you this. Whose vineyard is it? Who owns everything? He created all. So it's his, right? So we got to set our minds straight on this thing, right? Coming out of the chute. So, so we need to look at it. It's not my requirements. I don't make the requirements. The workers didn't make the requirements. The landowner made the requirements, amen? God says, this is what it takes. It takes the perfect sacrifice of my son. It takes Jesus dying on the cross, pouring out his blood for all our sin to restore us and put us in right relationship, okay? Well, let's keep on rolling with this. So we start unpacking a little more. It says, I, I was thinking about this. It's by his grace that we enter in anyway. It's by his grace that we enter in anyway. And so many times we think, my goodness, we look at this about the backdrop against salvation. Man, we're saved by grace through faith. And it's only by God's amazing grace that we even get into heaven. You know, he's got the same offer to everybody if they'll believe. Everybody qualifies in Christ. We don't qualify by ourselves. We qualify by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Well, let's keep on going. We should be thankful that we have the opportunity, that the opportunity has been given, right? We're thankful to even have the opportunity. God loves us so much that he made a way, that he gave his only begotten son. We hear that, but a lot of times when we want to get back in the groove of things, we start picking up stuff and saying, yeah, but we want to add things to it, don't we? You know, we want to add things to it. Well, I've been at church more than anybody. I've been here and I did this and I did a bake sale. I, 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 I. Man, that sounded like the Ozzy song starting out, didn't it? I, I, you know, and that's, that's not what we want. We want Jesus, amen? I know, sometimes I just revert back to the rocking man. God's good, you know? By the grace of God. That's, I'm talking grace, right? But you know, so many times we want to look what I'm doing. Look what I did and all these things. And we need to be saying, look what God did. See, that's what I get excited about, man. If you say, you get excited about Jesus, don't you? Yeah. Man, when, it, when he rescues you and you realize what he's done for you, that's something to be excited about. No, I don't need to be coming in here with no big shovel lip. Gonna, oh, God, I've got to go to church. Man, I'm like, come on, let's do it. I ain't too busy, you know. And, and you know what? And it's not just on Sundays. Now, I'm not saying that I don't get down and I don't say that we don't have some tough times. But in the midst of the storm, I pray that we can still see the grace of God, the fingerprints of God. I've been talking to friends this week, and they've been going through some tough stuff. And what's been encouraging to me, they're still telling me, man, I can still see God working in this. I mean, this is not where I want to be, and this is a tough time. But God's so good. Man, you know, you call to be a cheerleader to somebody, and when they start seeing things in their life that God's working, they're the ones rooting you on. 
Man, I'm telling you, it's a blessing and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the folks picking the positive when they're going through, right? Well, take a look at this. We should give him our best. Why? Because he gave his best, right? Now, we don't give. I, I said, I even wrote in my notes, be sure to read this, right? I said, so, so we should give him our best because he gave his best. We don't give our best to buy our way in. It's about grace, right? We give our best because we're already in. We're already in. When we give our, our life to Christ, we're in. Nothing's going to separate you from the love of God. Amen. I had a great opportunity yesterday. Man, I had a real blessing. Uh, some friends of mine celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. And their daughter called me and said, you know, we have this little thing going on. We'd love you to come out. And, you know, my mom, uh, she really likes you and this and that. I said, man, your mom is special, you know. And I said, whatever you want me to do, I will. I would be glad to do that. She said, well, maybe you could get them to renew their vows. And I, and I stopped when she said that. I said, 50 years? They don't need to be renewing. They need to be rejoicing, man. They've already walked it out. I said, I tell you what, I'd love to just come and pray for them. And, you know, and just tell them thanks for being a mirror of Christ. And let them share a little bit how... They hold it together and they point to the Lord. So you know what? Got on the back porch over here at our friend's house. And man, there's like a hundred people there. And they're all just celebrating what God's been doing. And they got to hear about the love of Christ. See, that's that's so awesome. And I don't want to miss those opportunities. Like I said, well, hell, Saturday, man. I don't know, man, you know. That's motorcycle day, ain't it, Grayson? Right? But no, I said, no, we can do that later. You know, because I don't want to miss those opportunities when they come up. You know, what opportunities have God set before us each day? And we, we just step on by. We just step on by. But just like I said, when I'm talking to some of my friends this week, even when they'd like to step by some things that are going through some tough time, God just reminds them, hey, you're not in it alone. Let me tell you how much a phone call means. How about a little note from Facebook means when you're going through some tough times? You know, when you're dealing with some stuff like that. It's, it's just something else when you know that you've got people praying for you. It's a powerful thing. Well, let's take a look at this. We should be motivated by his love, amen? We should be motivated by his love. I, I, I thought about this and I, I just kept saying, man, this is amazing. Love motivates us to give it the same level of appreciation that we receive. If you really have somebody that cares for you and they're loving you and they're doing things for you, shouldn't, shouldn't it seem like your heart should be transformed by that and, and to respond, you know? That's what God wants us to do. He wants to work on that hard heart so that we continue to turn into the, the image of his dear son, Jesus. You know, I was talking today, man. I was talking about like when uh, a lot of times I, I correlate stuff to the music business. I used to like playing guitar out and about and everything. I love playing guitar. But I love playing guitar for the Lord. It makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. He's the one who gave me the ability and things and do stuff like that. And you said, well, okay, that's fine with the guitar. What about what God's gifted you with? Maybe it's, it's, it's your business. Maybe it's with uh, listening. Maybe it's just being an encourager. You know, whatever it is. But love should motivate us to represent Christ well. Because he loves us and he's pouring us in all the time. But you've got to keep filling up, right? If we're going to pour out, we've got to keep filling up. So we should rejoice with others. Now, what are you talking about here? I want to just jump in to some of my notes here. His unfailing love, man. When we see others come to Christ, we ought to just be excited. Right? Now let's think about this, this whole message. They turn around and say, man, I've been working all day. And these guys came in at the last hour, worked for 60 minutes, and you gave them the same thing. How would that be if we come to Christ early, 15 years old, and we serve the Lord faithfully? And somebody on their deathbed that is just really giving it a tough time, all around, gives their life to the Lord. Are we supposed to be mad? 
We ought to be rejoicing. And that's kind of what he's showing us here. He's showing us, hey, man, you know, we need Jesus. And we need to be sharing Jesus. We need to be that container of grace pouring out on folks, man. But see, this is what I'm saying. But as we're flooded with his grace, it should wash, wash off the selfishness. You agree with that? As we're flooded with the grace, we should start washing off all the selfishness. When I start thinking about what God's done in my life and what he's still doing in the midst of the storm, when I choose bad, when I do this and all this stuff. Oh, man, I just go, man, thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord. The number one thing that I spend time talking to people about more than anything else is about the grace of God. Because so many times uh, we just don't feel like we're worthy. Well, guess what? What is grace? Unearned, unmerited favor. Right? And I'm probably jumping ahead of myself, but I can't stand it. I got to tell you this story. All right? So I can't, you know how I am, man. I got to tell you this story. I went shopping yesterday, right? <laughs> it sounds like, oh, man. Well, I go shopping and uh, I get in line. And I'm just thinking, man, I need to do this, need to do this. And I get right here and I go, I forgot the bread. So I go, I see the bread. So I kind of just slide out like this, you know, kind of back over like this. Grab the bread. And bring it back over to this lady. So, well, you can get back in line. I said, well, I appreciate that. So I get in line and I just, I just want to be a blessing to the lady, right? And she looks, she, she only has like five items, small items, all right? And I said, okay. And the guy's putting, he said, is that it? I said, no, I want to buy hers too. And she goes, what? I said, can I be a blessing to you? I just want to buy you buy your few items there. And she goes, no. <laughs> I go, what? <laughs> and the lady behind her has got all these groceries. She's going like, pick me, pick me, pick me. You know, <laughs> I'm going, I didn't hear that. <laughs> you know, I want to be a blessing, but I got to start small. You know, cut <laughs> my faith, you know. So anyway, and, and the guy's checking stuff. He's up there going, you know, mine's like fifteen dollars or something. It's like, is she is she getting it or not? Is she getting? I, I I don't know. I said, well, man, I, I just want to be a blessing to you. And I know her mind's going, why? You know, what what's in it for you? And I'm thinking, nothing. That's grace. So I'm kind of I'm kind of going, what? And she's going, what are you talking about? All this is going on, and the guy's just going, I need the money for you. Stop. You know, he's just like, bring it on. So I thought about that, but you know something else. Isn't that the way sometimes we deal with salvation? We deal with, that's what the Lord showed me when I was walking to the car. He's, people do that with my grace all the time. Why you got to shovel it up? I was going, I don't know. But think about that. People say, no, I don't, no, that's all right. I don't deserve it. I don't know what's, what's your angle, what's going on. Why do they want me to go to church? Come on, you see where I'm going with this. So God told me a really heavy duty message in there. But I could see the Lord working on the woman. And then so I'm, I've got my bag. I go, have a great day. She goes, hey, excuse me. I'm thinking, okay. She, wants me. she goes, you can pass that on to somebody else. I said, I can do that. That's great. But she had to take a little time to process it. But what the Lord was showing me was this. I understand sometimes, you know, some guys will buy you groceries or whatever. You know, you probably with days standing because of the ways of the world. We're going, what's going on? But God's grace says, I'll reach it out to anybody, you know? I've already paid the price. And I pray that, that as we go through life, that's what we're reflecting. I, I didn't get really wounded. I, I kind of just gave the old Scooby-Doo. <laughs> what? What? Okay. But I do got to tell you another part of the story. I went to food line after that. And I said, she said, pass it on. So if I can pass it on, I'll pass it on. And this woman must have had $400 worth of grocery behind me. I said, Lord, that's not the one, is it? <laughs> that's not the one, is it? So I said, I want to encourage the guy. So I encouraged the guy. I said, man, you're doing a great job. Everything else. And I hear the lady, she goes, she's on her phone. She's putting stuff on her. She's going, 
Harold, we are not breaking any more bones. What? We are not. Get off the roof. We're not breaking. I'm telling you, get off the roof. I'm going, I need to pray for this woman. Man, you meet all types of folks in the store. And I'm thinking, wow. You know, you never know what somebody is walking through. I don't know what the first lady has been dealing with. They don't know what I'm dealing with. I don't know what this lady is dealing with. Harold going to jump off the roof. I don't know her kids climbing all over the place. And she goes, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm going, you know, I can't, you can't even make things up like this, man. It's exciting to go to the grocery store. And Tim says, he says, I don't like going with you to the store. We don't have anything. Yeah, it's, you talk to everybody. Same with Jesse. He's like, oh, no, he's going to the store. You know, he's like, oh, we just need milk. Oh, no, he's talking to somebody. But you know what? Who's God putting in your, in your place? I'm serious. <laughs> you got to check the expiration date, man, when I get there. Is that you? You feel my pain, huh? I'll tell you what. Well, I tell you, we should be rejoicing when we have those opportunities. Y'all don't never look at a cart and the same now, will you? Right? And don't follow me around there and we'll buy the groceries either, okay? All right. We'll, we'll share with what we got. But, you know, but, you know I'm, I'm going back to, to the deal here. God's grace. Are we reflecting God's grace? I want to share something else here. You know, I want to give you a word, Anchor. I always like to do that. Uh, Luke 15, 10. And this is uh, from the parable of uh, the wayward son. And it says this, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. Man. And I love it. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. I want to see what God paid for to be utilized. He gave it all. And he's counting for, on us to share it all. Amen. So, you know, when we look at that, we've got to keep our eyes on the Lord and not on self. Because when we start keeping our eyes on ourselves, what happens? Ready? The grumbling starts. Let's go ahead and dig into that. All right. Amen, amen. All right. Good then. So if we pull out verse 8 there, it says, That evening he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at 5 o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed, man, we know what that can bring, right? They would, that they would receive more, but they too were paid a, day, a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the landowner. <laughs> Those people work only one hour, and yet you paid them just as much as you paid us and worked all day. We got to remember where we come from. We got to remember what God's done for us. You know, we say this a lot, man. Anytime, anytime our hand's caught in the cookie jar, we want grace. But when it's our cookie jar, we want the hand. You know what I mean? Oh, man, I can't believe that. Well, you know what? God sees us on a level playing field because of that right there. The cross of Jesus Christ, amen? So we need to get the eyes of Christ in that. This is where the rubber meets the road, man. This is where, the, where we really got to go, hey, Lord, you need to help me with these things, all right? So we're talking about grumbling now. Let's take a look at this. Did the landowner do the right thing? Did he do what was right? What do you think? You guys got to think about that for a minute. I mean, he did exactly what he said he was going to do, right? He said, hey, you work, I'll pay you a fair wage. And, and here's the thing. This is where we go. If you, if you weren't in church and I asked you that, you would probably follow up with this. Yeah, but. Yeah, but he did more. Yeah, but I, I worked harder. Yeah, but. Grace doesn't have a yeah, but button on there. He says, hey, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord. But see, what else happens here? The worker's view was looking inward and the landowner's was looking outward. He was looking at the big picture. He's looking at the kingdom. I mean, who am I to pick and choose, man, when I start looking at it? They didn't see it as fair, right? They saw it as unfair. But God sees it as grace. Now, I'm going to ask you guys a question about this. Think about it. Fair and 
grace don't even go together. He said, what are you talking about? Fair and grace don't even go together. Because if you think about fair, well, I did this, so I should get this. Grace says it's unearned, unmerited favor. He gives it because he gives it and he can give it. Amen. So if we start thinking it's fair, then you're going to try to qualify for grace. You can't qualify for grace. I can't qualify for grace. Grace is grace because he gives it out of unconditional love. Amen. That's what I mean. That's just a powerful thing here. So when we look at that, we go, man, God. How have I been running my business? How have I been living my life? What's going on? What are you showing me here today? I believe in this. A lot of times we need to look at the big picture. We need to put the eyes of Christ on the situation. All right? Let's keep on rolling here. What view do we have? What view do we have about this? Do we have, do we have the same view as they do? do? Do you only want grace and forgiveness when everything's, when you're in a bad spot? You know, a lot of times that's what we find. And if you talk to people enough, you go, yeah, but the whole thing there. See, when, when the tables are turned, you're ready for that person to be strung up at noon. A lot of times, you know. And, 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 you know, I know that we need to stand our ground as Christians and we need to not be walked over. I'm not saying don't just let anything go and everything like that. But I'm saying see the grace in this story. See the grace in your salvation and share that message. Amen. So with that, I want I want to kind of branch off here for just a minute. And, and I want to I talk about forgiveness, amen? Because when I see grace, I see forgiveness. Grace says, you know what, I love you anyway. And you're going, yeah, but I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I've said this and all this. And God says, I know, but I've done this. I've paid the price on the cross. Man, I don't know. I think anytime, any week, we could talk about forgiveness and unforgiveness. Man, how many families got this going on? Bam, bam, bam. Families, co-worker, church family, all these things. And I pray as you hear this message and you see the overwhelming picture of God's grace and God's love that we don't grumble about the small stuff. I was talking to a friend yesterday and, and you know, he, he had lost a relative and it kind of ended on a bad note and he still carries stuff around with him and, and, it, and it hurts him, man. And, and I can understand that. But you know what? You can't play it over again. You can't play it over again. So if there's a situation with your family, with your friends or whatever, hey, let me tell you about this. So many times when we think, when we give them grace, we feel like we're agreeing that they were right, the act was right, or whatever the situation was right. That's not what I'm saying. Just agree that God's grace is great enough to turn this thing around. He forgave you. Ask God to help you forgive them. Start fresh. It's a new day. It's a new day. Can you imagine every time that I went, and a lot of people think, every time I go to the foot across the parade and the Lord's got a checklist and he goes, man, yeah, but you know what? Last week, uh, you know, you blew it last week. And, uh, you know, uh, yesterday at 12 o'clock. See, that's what, that's what we do. Do we do that? We don't have that list that they could see, but we got it running on the tape, don't we? How many know when sometimes you, you, you go through things and it get back to even ground a little bit? And as soon as something starts up, man, you pull the list out. Pow! But you remember back in 1963 when we did that? What are you talking about? Let me, let me share something about this. What happens is unforgiveness starts to grow like a cancer. It just starts, it just starts taking over. It eats, it destroys, it weakens, calls sickness, calls family, splits up between brothers, sisters, moms, and dads. That's no good. I'm not saying your situation, if you're dealing with that today, was easy. 
I'm saying take it up to the backdrop of the cross and look how much God has forgiven you. Take the yeah but out of it and say, Jesus, help me in this situation. You know, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. That's why we have such an urgency of sharing Christ. We want to make sure everybody comes through that door, knows what it takes to have a personal relationship with Christ and an opportunity to receive that. But if we get grumbling and go, well, you know, I can't believe he played the music so long. I can't believe he does an altar call every week. Yes, he does. And that's what we're going to do because we want to make sure everybody has that opportunity. Come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's just a little side note. I think we can always hit on that. But the grumbling started when these guys started to assume. And we get back to the story. What happened? They assumed they were going to get more money because they had did more. But the landowner gave them exactly what he said. See, a lot of times we think that we're going to be rewarded a certain way and all these different things. But this brings me to my next slide here. God's economy of grace and generosity is not the same as the natural order people expect. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad with that? I'd be glad of that. You know, I am glad of that. Because if it's just based on performance and what I know and what, who, all these things, that's not even in the picture. So if you're here today, let me tell you, God is the one. That, that sets the pace, amen? So I, I say it like this, man, it's, it's God's way. It's God setting the stage and opening the door here. And so just like I talked about the lady in the store, you know, she didn't know what to expect. She didn't know, wow, what, what's, in, what's this guy trying to do with this whole situation? I was just trying to be a blessing. I was trying to reflect God's economy and grace. And I don't fault her for that at all because you know what? You gotta be careful these days, you know? And maybe, maybe her heart was, you know what, I'm doing okay. Bless somebody else. And I can appreciate all those things. But you know what? I just wanted to be obedient to what God was showing me. But God showed me so many times. The lesson that God showed me in that, and I know I'm repeating it because I want you to get it. So many times we feel like we don't measure up. We don't measure up. Well, guess what? We measure up just fine in Jesus Christ. Amen. In Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about there. So let's keep on rolling with this. Everybody doing good so far? Yes. Amen. All right. Well, let's talk about the generosity part. We like that part, don't we? And it's in verse 13. He says, he answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual, usual wage? Take your money and go. Man, I'd hate for the Lord to say, hey, man, you know what? Just go. Depart from me. I knew you're not. I wouldn't want to hear that. But you know what? Grace says, come on. Come on back. Come on back, right? So take a look at this. We just hit it a little bit. It says, is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? You ever notice this? You know, a lot of times people, I've heard this over the years. You got people go through some stuff, say they're, they're following the Lord the best they can, and, and then God blesses them. And you get the neighbor going, my goodness, I can't believe that. But see, what they don't, they don't understand is, yeah, huh? come on, I'm telling you. Yeah, they get around and they get, get all shovel lip but then, or they want to go, well, where do you go to church at? <laughs> right? They think it's like, hey, where did I sign up? Well, you sign up at the cross, right? You sign up by asking the Lord to come into your life, and then you walk it out. And it doesn't always come in material things and all that stuff, just like I've seen so many times my friends write down. Hey, let me tell you what, we might not have a whole lot of stuff, but we got everything we need in Christ. Man, good wife, good family, I'm healthy, I'm here today, I'm doing these things, you know what I mean? Man, that's a blessing to see where somebody says, wait, I'm going to slow this whole thing down. I'm going to slow this thing down. What's important? It doesn't matter how many cars are in the, in, the, in the garage when you're at Parkline, you know what I'm saying? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. 
But man, how can God use our life just a little step at a time? In your business, in your things that you're doing, at school, at work, you know? Need to be a mirror of Christ. And in this, I love this. He says, why are we jealous? I had some friends of ours got blessed and, and they, got, uh, they got a camper. And I thought, man, that is so good. And the neighbor's looking over the fence like this. But what they don't know is what the, other, what, what the people have done in the, in the other things in their life. Under the radar. See? They have, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm giving. Look what I'm helping. Look what I'm doing. But see, God says, I see what's going on. I see your heart. And I can trust you with this. You know what a lot of times people say? Well, when I get this much money, I'll help the church. When I get this much money, I'll help little Susie down the street. When I get, 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 and they're so focused on the getting, they don't see what they got. And so I hope today that we see what we got. We've got the generosity and the grace of the Lord in our life. Don't get fixed on the stuff. Get fixed on the love of Christ. Amen? Well, let's break this down here and we'll pick up a little speed for us. Everybody doing good? All right. God is genuine. Gen- God is generous with the gospel. He says it's for everybody. And again, it's, it's, it's a one-size-fit-all gospel. It'll fit you. It'll fit me. It'll fit anybody. He pays the price, man. So, you know, that's, that's when I say, man, look how good that God is to salvation through Jesus Christ. That's amazing. God is kind with forgiveness. Here's that forgiveness thing again. Man, I pray that it's just tapping on our hearts. What do I need to do? What, what's going on? You know, how am I going to stand up here and go, oh, man, yeah, you need to forgive this person. You need to forgive this person. And I go home and I got to shovel it with my brother or sister or whoever. You know, God starts going, hey, hey, what did I do for you? Yeah, but, no, you're right, Lord. Help me, Lord, in this situation. So many times we just want to keep on strangling it off, man. But God says his forgiveness is for us. And think about that forgiveness. We talk about this from time again. You know, a lot of times the other person might not even know that you've got a problem with them. They're going on about their business. And that just makes you more mad, right? Because you go, I can't believe that. Look at them. They act like nothing's wrong. They, they hurt me. They wounded me. Anybody been hurt, wounded, trampled, whatever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you do any, if you ever went to school, you did. Because that's, man, that's the number one thing you can take away from that. Where I work at, I say, I come home sometimes, I go, it's just like junior high school. I'm rubbing my hand. I'm rubbing my hand. I said, baby, it's, it's just like junior high school. And some of us still get my face broke out, too. You know what I mean? It's just crazy. I'm going, what? What? You know? But God says, you know what? We'll work through that. And man, I tell you what, especially if you're standing up for Jesus, good thing he's got your back because they want to pound you that much harder. Amen? Oh, man. I'm I'm speaking to everybody, right? Here we go. God is big-hearted to the repentant. When we turn, God says, you know what? It's all yours. It's all yours. Come on back. It's about his generosity. Man, we lack nothing in Christ. Amen? Nothing in Christ. God is charitable to his children. He said, you're not going to come up short. Now see, a lot of people hear this gospel message that's been twisted and they think that they're supposed to be in the Fortune 500. If God chooses to bless you in your finances and all that stuff, I believe he will. I believe that, that, that he will make a way for us and all that. But if you come to him for that, you've missed the message. You missed the mark, amen, Jeff. That's exactly right, because what we need to do, we come to him because we need a savior. 
And see, that's what, when we share, like we were sharing in our class a few weeks back when we were talking about evangelism training, Psalm 19 says, the law of the Lord is perfect in converting the soul. Showing them, you know what? Hey, uh, we've missed the mark. Not beating them up. Not anything else. We do it in a way like this. Hey, if you die tonight, do you think you'd go to heaven? 90% of the people that I've talked to say, oh yeah, I'm going to heaven. I said, well, why is that true? Why, why would that be so? Oh, because I'm a nice guy. Oh, are you a nice guy? Well, let me ask you a couple questions. Have you ever lied? Well, yeah. Have you ever stolen? Yeah. You know, have you ever looked at a woman with love? Yeah. So by your own admittance, you're a lying, thief, and adulterer at heart, and you've got to meet God on judgment day. Are you a nice guy to go? No. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. Now they see their heart in the light of what really it is. I didn't, I just asked them some questions. And I usually say, yeah, I know, that's what I thought too. You know, I'm just being honest. That's exactly what I thought. I thought God was up there with some scales going, oh, he did good today. Oh, he didn't do good today. But that's not the way it is. He's got the scales like this and his arms like this saying, come on, put your faith and trust in what I did. Because you couldn't buy it. I couldn't buy it. Couldn't be smart enough. Couldn't live long enough. All those things that we think that qualify us for the full day's pay and more like these guys. Jesus says, I'll take you where you are because he's generous and he's charitable to his children. Amen. So where do you see yourself in the story? Man, I'll be honest with you. I, I would probably say, man, I've been working here all day. What's up with that? We do it at work, right? If you're at work and they hire you for $10 an hour and you've been there 15 years and they hire another guy in there and they hire him for the same pay, you go, well, wait a minute. Well, things have changed, right? You know? But see, we look at things by the world economy. I hope today this will challenge us to look through the lens of the Lord in his economy through grace and through his generosity. Amen? Let's keep on rolling. Here. Well, this being said, I want to, I want I've been telling y'all about this. I'm going to get Tim to do, do a little something for me here. I got a little clip I want you guys to see. And I want you to, to take what we talked about today. And I said, let me give you a real practical application of this, of God's grace and God's just generosity. And so as he's pulling that up, I want you guys to just kind of lock in on this for a minute and just see how God works in the heart of those folks that are listening and willing to do this thing. And I know you guys get tired of me. It's little things. Coach Peter Morales of the Coronado High School Thunderbirds in El Paso, Texas, makes no qualms about it. He has a favorite on this team. Mitchell, I need you. I need you to help me out with my coaching tits, Mitchell. Team manager Mitchell Marcus has a developmental disability. One, two, three, four. And he far surpasses everyone here when it comes to love of the game. He's just an amazing person that our basketball team loves being around. Yay! Mitchell's mom, Amy, says he's always been that way. Mitchell always had a basketball. That was always what he wanted for his birthday. And because basketball is that important to him, on the last game of the regular season, the coach told Mitchell to suit up. What was it like to put on the uniform? I was very happy. I imagine you were. Just wearing a jersey was enough for Mitchell. But what he didn't know, what no one knew at the time, was that the coach planned to play him at the end, no matter what the score. You were prepared to lose that game? For his moment, yes. For his moment in time, yes. And so, with a minute and a half left, Coronado leading, but only by 10, Coach Morales put in his manager. And just started hearing Mitchell, Mitchell. But here's where the fairy tale fell apart. Although his teammates did everything they could to get Mitchell a basket, 
each time they passed him the ball, he either missed the shot or, like on their last possession, booted it out of bounds, turning the ball over to the other team with just seconds left. He wasn't able to score, but I was hoping that he was happy that he was just put in the game. Could you have ever imagined what happened next? No, I did. I could not. Not at all. What happened next happened on the inbound. The guy with the ball there is a senior at Franklin High School, number 22, Jonathan Montañez. Uh, I just I was raised to treat others how you want to be treated. Just thought Mitchell deserved his chance, deserved his opportunity. I think I'll cry about it for the rest of my life. What Jonathan did was yell out Mitchell's name, then threw the ball right to him, right there. One of the most memorable turnovers of all time. It wasn't the game-winning shot. When the buzzer sounded, Coronado had 15 more points than Franklin. But Jonathan's assist and Mitchell's basket did change the outcome decidedly. Play any game with this much sportsmanship. Both teams win. Steve Hartman on the road Amen. in El Paso, Texas. Amen. Give a lot of hand clap working the people's lives. And you know, I pray that, you know, maybe that seals that message in just a little deeper today in our lives. Sometimes when we see somebody giving like Christ is, it motivates us and should. When I saw, I've watched that probably five or ten times. I never get tired of seeing that. I never get tired of seeing somebody being a mirror of Christ. And so today, as you're here, I, I pray that, you know what? That you take hold of the grace and the generosity of the Lord. I want to pray for you. Father, thank you for the day that you show us through your word, through your, through your son, through your children, Lord, even through a young man with a basketball. Father, help us to be that mirror of Christ. Lord, help us to be those containers filled with your grace that pour out on one another in the toughest time. That we can bring the light to the dark world. I pray if you're here today and you've never received God's grace through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I pray today that you do. You say, well, buddy, how do I do that? I'm going to walk you right through it. The Bible says that we confess with the mouth of the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. It's about what he did. It's about the grace of God. Think about the parable Jesus told. He said, I wanted to give everybody the same chance. I wanted to give everybody the same day's wage. God wants to give everybody keys to the kingdom, salvation in Jesus Christ. If that's you today, I just ask you to just raise your hand so I can pray for you. But you know what? I need to pray that prayer today, buddy. That, that makes sense to me. I need to ask the Lord to come into my life and forgive me of my sin. And I tell you why we need to do that. Because the Bible's very clear there's one way to get to heaven. John 14, 6 says, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I pray today that you grant hold of that. And if you're here today, I'm thinking that, uh, you know, maybe there's something with the forgiveness thing we touched on. Maybe there's something that, you know, we just need to feel like, uh, Lord, just forgive me where, I, where I've been walking. And, and God says, hey, come on back to me. Maybe there's something by the end of the day you need to make a phone call. Maybe you need to rethink something. Maybe you just need to say, hey, I'm going to share the grace just like I saw that young boy. I'm going to pass that grace along. That doesn't mean I agree with being wrong. That doesn't mean that I agree with everything that this person uh, has done or doing. But I 
Lord, help me to see them through the light of your son. Help me to see them with grace. Help me to be generous today, Father. If that's your prayer, I just want to pray for you. Brothers and sisters, Lord, help us to be the mirror of Christ. Lord, help us today to, to be that church that, that makes a difference. Not perfect, Lord. You, we know we're not perfect, but in you we are. So, Father, work in our lives. Help us to, to, to come alongside of one another. Help us to be forgiving. Help us to be rejoicing. And help us to be generous. Father, I thank you for this time and this, this time of praise, Lord. For you are worthy of all praise. I thank you for each one here today. Lord, I ask you to go before us this week and just uh, seal the message of grace and even the grumbling and even the generosity and show us how to walk it out through the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand clap. All right.